right, guys. So this week, I'm going to talk about how I got Mango, which I think is a funny story. So Mango is my cat. He is a orange cat with a little white cream belly. Uh, that is pretty much why we named him Mango is because he's orange. Don't judge me, <laughs> but that's what I did. Um, so my husband, well, actually, I have to start the story from a different place. So this was quite a while ago. We found Mango um, seven years, something like that, maybe seven or eight. And basically, right before we got him, we really had decided that we wanted to get an orange cat. This was like a thing. We were like going to places and like looking for orange cats. I don't really know why we had decided this. It was just something that we really wanted. And even I think like a week or maybe two weeks before we, uh, before we got Mango, we had looked at a pair of orange cats, but we ended up not getting them because they were very expensive and they wanted you to have both of them. And we weren't really in a place where we wanted to have two cats. So, back, or well, forward track a couple of weeks, my husband works at, or well, he did work at a grocery store. And at this time, he was a manager there. So he's, you know, doing his thing, all this kind of stuff. And at a certain point during the day, the cart pusher people came up to him and they were holding an orange cat, like a little kitten. He was a little bit, uh, I don't really, see, this is the thing that gets confusing. I'm not really sure how old he is because we got him as a stray. But I would say eight weeks plus, something like that. So he was kitten-ish age. And they brought this little kitten and we're like, hey. So we were cleaning up the carts and he was basically in between two carts, like how, you know, when they put all the carts together and they push them and there's like little spaces at the front, he was like in the, one of those spaces. <laughs> and since Kyle and I had been looking for an orange cat, that he was just like, yep, okay, I'll take him. This <laughs> is my cat now. And okay, so there's a couple, there's just a couple small other parts about this story that's funny. One is because it was like the middle of the day or something, they basically kept them in the office section where they keep the money and stuff. And they had put them in a safe, <laughs> like not like put them <laughs> in it, but like around it. And he was like playing with the dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty fun. Cause you know, mango's a G. And uh, <laughs> then the other thing that was funny is I don't really remember exactly what the situation was, but I think I was like a little bit mad at Kyle for some reason. Or I was a little bit mad at my husband for some reason. I, I don't exactly remember what it was. So I was sleeping by the time he came home. And basically he came in the room, turned on the light, and then put this little kitten on me. <laughs> and so I like, I, he was like, I remember looking at you and you were like irritated. <laughs> and then he put the kitten on you, put mango on you. And it was instantly like, oh my God. <laughs> That's how you fix everything, husband. <laughs> kitten. Yeah, you you just get a kitten. Yeah, and that's uh, pretty much how we got him. And he was a little tiny doll, uh, but also kind of stinky. He smelled bad because <laughs> oh, yeah. he had some, you know, feral issues. 
Also, for a while, because he was so small, we had to keep him in a little tub in our bathroom. And he kept escaping from it. But it was also, he was so angry in there. We'd give him food and everything he needed, but he would just yell. And then he would, like, walk in the bathroom and look at him, and then he would look so happy. <laughs> Hi, human, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically the story of how I got Mango. And, you know, now I still have him uh, seven or eight years later. He's a little bit derpy, but a pretty good cat. <laughs> I think uh, for most of his life, he struggled to realize that he was a cat. Right. <laughs> and now he kind of realizes and he's just compensating for all that lost time. <laughs> now I am extra cat. Yeah, so that is that story time. This is Passion for Your Passions, the show where we talk about the stuff we do to fill in the gaps every week. I'm Krista. And I'm Julie, and today we're talking about the movie Lilo and Stitch. Now I don't know what to do. But <laughs> <laughs> Ohana means Ohana. family. <laughs> That's not how they say it. They don't say it like some guru up on a mountain. <laughs> like you sound like a karate movie, not a Disney movie with a kid and a monster he's <laughs> <laughs> not a monster he's an alien oh, whatever they call him uh, i saw when i was watching this because i was watching it on disney plus that they had the description as sci-fi and i was like mm. <laughs> and i was like i guess that's right but it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> So for anyone who lives under a rock and has no idea what we're talking about, Lilo and Stitch is an animated Disney movie. And I guess... Oh, wait, wait one second. Are we are we starting? Because I feel like that was not a very natural start. Like we had a lot of us talking Oh yeah, because we didn't know where to start, so then I just fucking started. <laughs> okay. I, I thought just... that's how we do this. It's a really specific topic. How are we supposed to... Okay, yeah, let's hear what you've got. Okay, gosh. I'm already... St- I'll start over. <laughs> Okay, go. So for anyone that doesn't know, Lilo and Stitch is an animated Disney film. Back before they made the big transition to this like 3D hyper-realistic graphics. And it's one of Chris and I's absolute favorite movies, which is why we decided to talk about it today. Yeah. I think that this... I don't know. I might have to watch a bunch of them again and think about this. Because I was thinking about it as I was watching yesterday. It might be my favorite. I'm not so sure anymore. I think I kind of noticed some problems with it this time around that I probably haven't noticed as much in the past, but it still is one of my favorites, so. Yeah, it's really hard for me to actually say what my all-time favorite Disney movie is, because there's so many that I like for various reasons. So when it's like, what's the most obscure one that nobody really cares about? That's probably Big Hero 6. I never hear anyone talk about that movie. What about Archimedes? That's from Sword in the Stone. That's probably my favorite, like, old one for me. That one I consider old because it's still in that really old, like, art style. And my favorite Disney princess one is probably Tangled. But I never hear anybody talk about Sword in the Stone. Never. I have a Harry Potter Sword in the Stone mashup shirt. I love that movie. (laughs) Maybe we need to do that sometime since Archimedes is in our logo. Archimedes, help! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about Lilo and Stitch, which, did, well, 
I was going to say. Uh, which, did you want to give a little bit of a summary of it? So I guess we can kind of start there. Let's just kind of start with, like, what Lilo and Stitch is about. Okay. For anybody who doesn't know. I'm going to throw at you the, like, online summary of this. So if it sounds like it's not my words, it's 100% because it's not. <laughs> a tale of a young girl's close encounter with the galaxy's most wanted extraterrestrial. Sounds like evil E.T. at this point. Anyway, Lilo is a lonely Hawaiian girl who adopts a small, ugly dog, quotation marks, whom she names Stitch. Stitch would be the perfect pet if he weren't, in reality, a genetic experiment who had escaped from an alien planet and crash-landed on Earth. Yeah, perfect, other than that. Um, Through her love, faith, and unwavering belief in Ohana, the Hawaiian concept of family, Lilo helps unlock Stitch's heart and give him the ability to care for someone else. And that's all they wrote. I hate this description. I do too. Just, I hate it so much. It's so, it doesn't, I feel like there's so much. Okay, because first of all, I look, because I watched this on Disney Plus, and they had this in the description that this is a sci-fi. Okay, you can say that. I guess it's technically true, but it makes me so uncomfortable to think of this movie as a sci-fi, because it's just not how I think about it. In fact, as I was watching it the other day, I realized the sci-fi parts are probably my least favorite parts. Um, especially the beginning part. I like it. The parts of this movie I like the most are when they're on Hawaii. Which is 80% of the movie. Yeah, because I like the parts where it's like Lilo and Stitch together. So the sections where they're not together, I don't really like them as much. Um, I mean, the beginning is fine. Like, I'm not saying that the beginning is bad. I think just for whatever reason, I realized when I was watching it last night, I was like, I don't like this as much. <laughs> I really like Nani. So then anything with Nani in it is probably my favorite bits. So I don't know. I don't necessarily love the parts where like she's trying to get a job and Stitch and Lilo are on their own like quest because I'm more about Nani and like her interactions with her sister. Yeah. So let's kind of just get into the themes of this movie. Let's kind of get into like you know, the why we like this movie, other than this random weird description that we both hated. Um, So, for me personally, there's a couple different stories here. There's Stitch's story, and there's Lilo's story. I mean, there's other characters in this movie, as Julie was just talking about Nani, which we'll kind of get into that. But, like, at its heart, there is Stitch's journey, which Stitch is kind of all about this idea of you don't have to be what you were born to be. Which I know, like, that probably kind of sounds kind of strange, like, when I say it like that. But, like, I don't know. Like, I think that that's the kind of thing that is probably pretty interesting for some people. Because, like, for example, you probably hear this a lot with kids. Let's say, like, a kid was born into a family where, like, their dad was a thief or something. And you might get that kind of, like, oh, well, that kid's not going to be any good. But it's like, no, like... You don't have to be what you were born into. You can change. And I think, like, that kind of a message is interesting, and it's it's a nice message. Well, yeah, that's what they use Stitch for, which is great. And they kind of counteract it with Lilo being weird and them saying, like, you don't have to change just because everybody's not the same, more or less. So they kind of play yeah. on both. They don't they, they promote change, but then they also promote, like, being yourself whether that means people like you or not. To a certain extent, Stitch's story is about change, but I think it's more just, like, he doesn't have to be a monster, is more what it is. Like, he could 
because that's like what he's supposed to be, but he doesn't have to. Yeah, he was born to be this destructive monster, but with love and kindness and understanding, he grew to understand more. Yeah. And there's a lot of things in Lilo's story, just I guess besides her being weird. Because it's like, she's very weird, but also she's very lonely. And then also there is this aspect, which this was one of the things I thought they handled kind of poorly in this movie. Is that like, so Lilo is obviously going through a lot of grief because in the movie, her parents died. Um, I don't, I don't know if they ever like say how old Lilo is. I'm guessing she's like seven, just based off of context clues. (laughs) But yeah, she like handles it very poorly. Like she has all these interactions where like she gets very mad at people and like she's very clearly very lonely and all this stuff. The part of it that I wanted to say, like I thought people were handling very badly was like some of the adults. Like there's like that whole scene at the beginning, the little like dance scene thing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like teacher. it's like uh, I kind of look at this kind of differently, realizing that Lilo's parents died <laughs> recently. Yeah, he kind of just well, he they it seems like everybody's more about how Nani is handling it and not so much how Lilo is handling it because they're like she's a kid, does she really fully understand what's happening? But they're like trying to support Nani a lot. Because the older sister, Nani, like, takes in Lilo, and that's kind of one of the big key parts of the story as well. Yeah, it seems like everybody's just kind of like, Nani, I know you're going through a hard time. We're trying to help you. And then they're just like, Lilo's just fucking weird. You need to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Just deal with her pain. deal with her. It's your one job now. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that I noticed this last time where I was like, man, why are all of the adult figures so mean to Lilo? <laughs> like, it's like, she just, her parents died. Like, it's, it makes sense why she isn't handling things very well. Yeah, it seemed like her teacher was just fed up with her. <laughs> like, can you come get this bitch again? Like, I'm, I'm getting tired of this. But yeah, there's a lot of other aspects besides just, like, the whole Lilo and Stitch part of it. Because the whole Lilo and Stitch part is, you know, they learn and they grow from each other. You know, Stitch learns from Lilo what it means to have a family. And Lilo gets a friend. And then so she doesn't feel so isolated and so lonely and, you know, having all this problems just being weird and nobody accepting her. She has somebody to accept her. This little monster thing. <laughs> yeah. An but evil then, koala. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the evil little koala. It is weird. He does spend so much of the movie not talking, and then in the end he does talk, and it's almost like kind of startling. This it's like, oh yeah, you can It's my talk. family. <laughs> I found it all on my own. <laughs> yeah. And I like the little, uh, I forget what its name is, but the, the one alien council person. And they're just like, huh? (laughs) So confused. Beyond just the title of Lilo and Stitch, so the main character, there is also Lilo and Nani's relationship, which is a very big part of this story. Because, like I said, again, they don't really explain people's ages very well in this movie, so I'm not really sure how old Nani is. Nani, she appears like she's out of high school, so I would guess she's probably like... 20 or 19 and Lilo like I said I think she's like about seven so like essentially the situation is is that their parents died and so Nani is attempting to take care of Lilo but she's very young 
you know, she's not really set up in the world, so this is, like, a struggle for her. And also, you know, she's not really ready to be a parent. I think L- Nani and Lilo's relationship is my favorite part of the movie, and I was thinking about why, because I don't have a sister I was raised with or anything like that, but I think it's because when I look back at other Disney movies, there's no real family connection. Like, there's always, if they were connected to somebody, they're dead. Like, it's, you know, my so-and-so passed away, and I'm forever, like, burdened with this grief, and da 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 or it's like a figure in their way, like Little Mermaid, where her dad just doesn't understand her and all this stuff. But like with Lilo and Nani, just from the very opening beginning with them, Nani clearly knows her sister very well. Like she just times all this stuff that she does. They both have the same like ways of dealing with stress and all these things that like I love that relationship between them, that it's just instant and you know that they love and know each other so well. Yeah. And then there's also just like the fact that she is trying so hard (laughs) to make this work because I guess this is the other part of it that we didn't mention is there is this part of the story where it's like there's a social worker who is attempting to take Lilo away again it's that part of it is like a little bit vague because the whole age thing and it's a little unclear as to exactly why this is happening but I'm guessing it's just because Nani is young and they don't think that she's suitable and that kind of stuff but somebody is coming to try to take Lilo away and Nani is trying so hard (laughs) just so hard to make that not happen and it's it's very sweet yeah they imply that it's been an ongoing thing that like social workers have been trying to help her get her case in order and get everything like the way it's supposed to be and that she's on her final one like they imply heavily that She's done everything wrong up to this point, despite trying so hard. And the only reason why they're giving her a chance is because she is trying that hard. But I think by the end of this movie, there's, oh man, there's like all these little moments in this movie. It's it's funny. There's these movies that I've seen like a million times. And every time I watch them, there's these moments where I'm just like sniffling. <laughs> like, don't cry. Don't do this. <laughs> You've watched this movie 10 times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The two scenes in Lilo and Stitch is, like, them on the beach when, like, the social worker comes up and all that bit. And then when, like, Lilo's in the car and, like, before she takes off. Like, those two scenes get me every time. Yeah, I also get- some of those Stitch scenes get me, too. Like, with him kind of, like, struggling, you know, with whether he wants to be good or not and, like, not really feeling like he has a purpose. That, like- That gets me a little bit, too. It's just, it's very sweet, especially because, you know, like I said, he doesn't really talk for most of this movie, so a lot of it's just, like, him, like, being this little awkward, kind of sad little creature. Destructive little creature. (laughs) Yeah, he can be destructive, but by that point, it's just, like, the whole thing with the ugly duckling. And then, oh god, (laughs) there's the whole part where the little ugly duckling walks by, and it's, like, the little, the beautiful music, and I'm like, oh my god. Not the ugly duckling. I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because there's, like, the part, like, when they're doing the um, Aloha Oi mm-hmm. song, and he's just kind of, like, walking, and then, like, he sees, like, oh, the ducks Oh, yeah, they by. hop up on the step and, like, walk past him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you can't do this to me, Disney. <laughs> also, that song that they sing just every time, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> also, all of the songs. Yes, all Every the music. single one. <laughs> well, they, the music, now that we're getting into it, one, it's, the score music is done by Alan Silvestri, who does 
so much of the early Disney music, and he also did Forrest Gump. He did Pocahontas. He did Hunchback Notre Dame. He did all these like classic Disney movies. So the score is brilliant when it does pop up. But they, this was before Disney really started incorporating like other songs, especially into like their animated. So it was kind of unique that this movie took Elvis and they like they did a bunch of Elvis songs because that was part of Lilo's like connection with her parents and kind of dealing with things is she would just like play music on blast and it'd be Elvis. Yeah. So like they incorporated that, which was great. And then they have like this school, like in a Hawaii of kids that sing a lot of the choral music for it, which I thought was great. And then they have their own songs that like Nani sings with Lilo, even if it's not, or even though it's not like a Disney movie that has people singing all the time. Yeah. And there's, there's a few of these songs that like, when I hear them, it'll make me emotional, mm-hmm. which I'm not the, I don't know, this is something we'll probably talk about uh, some other time. I'm not, like, the most musically inclined person, but every once in a while, songs do kind of get me. And the, I think the opening Hawaiian song, which I'm not sure what it's called, I didn't look that up, but that one always gives me feels. <laughs> <laughs> All the feels all of the feels it's it's good it's that one's good i do also like the one where they're just surfing uh, yeah that one doesn't make me want to sob though <laughs> that one's, roller coaster ride. yeah that one's just more like yeah yeah this makes sense for this moment <laughs> so one of the other things i do want to mention about this movie too is i really i really do like the art style for this There are times where it's, like, a little bit weird, but I like that it's kind of almost half a comic and then half a painting. Uh, Because, like, you'll see sometimes, like, for example, there's, like, that one scene with Lilo where she's, like, talking with her friends uh, with the dolls and stuff, and then they leave and she's, like, being all lonely. Like, you can tell, like, in that scene particularly because it's, like, Lilo is, like, very clearly, like, a hand-drawn and then, like, all the stuff in the background is, like, they just painted it, like, with watercolor or something. Um, and it's very neat. And it does make some of the scenes very pretty to look at, which is also very interesting. And, like, sometimes it's not even really scenes that you would expect. Because the one that I found myself, like, really being like, whoa, was the one where... It's, like, when Stitch first arrives. So, like, the ship crashes and, like, he's you know, doing, like, his maniacal laughing, and he's, like, shooting uh, his guns and stuff, and it's, like, all the green. That scene, for whatever reason, is, like, really pretty. <laughs> uh, it's kind of made weird by his maniacal laughing, but it's a, very, <laughs> it's a very pretty scene. Like, that green that they always use for, like, the gunshots is, like, a very nice green. <laughs> That's a nice green right there. <laughs> It's it's a weird thing to say, but it's true. Like, every time they use that green, I'm like, man, that is a good green. It's very choice. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's one of the other parts about the art that I really like is, um, so there's so many complaints about how the image of women is skewed and how difficult it is. And one, I've never felt like it was appropriate to yell at Disney because, I mean, look at the size of their eyeballs. Like, it's not like they were ever realistic <laughs> in any point in time. Yeah. But, like, with Nani... She's, like, curvy. She's got a healthy figure. Like, she does. She looks real. Like, she looks like somebody who exists rather than having the, like, 
typical Barbie figure of super tiny waist, huge breasts and shoulders style. She's very realistic in that, and I can appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's not even her. Um, I know that they, there's like a little joke that they make in there about bigger people and stuff, but that's that's not even the part that I'm talking about particularly. I remember when I was watching it yesterday, there's like this one part with this like lifeguard. And you can tell like, you know, by the way it's supposed to be that she's kind of supposed to be like kind of a voluptuous, you know, blonde kind of lifeguard kind of character or whatever. But even she looks very looked very real like the style that they did her in is um, proportional yeah it's very proportional and like the way that they do like the feet and like the hips and stuff and like even just like the way the legs curve it's like oh yeah like this looks kind of like a real person (laughs) and uh you know like nani sometimes she'll have like a little bit of belly fat when she's sitting down and i'm like yes (laughs) this is what we need yes yes (laughs) not just a perfect skinny belly constantly because that don't happen (laughs) no that's not realistic even if you're super fit like i i've always been a fitness freak it's like no matter what if you sit down (laughs) it's gonna bunch up (laughs) that's just how it works unless like you weigh nothing (laughs) absolutely suck in when you sit down like but, you know, Nani's got that real, that real body, and I appreciate it. Everyone appreciates sure. Nani. I think no one appreciates Nani more than David, though. Oh, man. Oh, uh, David. Uh, David. David is... Man, there's so many good characters in this movie. That's, like, the thing that's so weird about this movie. It's, like, I don't really know if... I mean, besides, like, the alien stuff, I really... I like so much of this movie. And David, he's, like the best love interest he's the real mvp (laughs) yeah because the whole story like we've explained the whole thing with like nani and the social worker and lilo and all this stuff like obviously girl is going through something (laughs) she's having a real hard time and david just he likes her he's just like really into her all this stuff and so like you know there's a couple points in the movie he shoots his shot and she's like man david I just can't, all this stuff. And he's so respectful and so nice. And, like, even the other thing is, too, is, like, he's just still kind of there for them. Yeah, he, it's kind of, sometimes when people argue the whole, well, I don't know how to act anymore. I understand to a degree, because there's so many things out in the world that kind of tell you, you know, like, if a guy's being mean to you when you're a kid, like, that means they like you and all this stuff that we promote. So it's also kind of hard to argue, like, well, you should just know how to be. And then the, then there's movies like this that show you exactly, like, what it means just to be a decent person, like, in these yeah. regards where it's, like, he'll ask her out and she she doesn't say no outright. She's always kind of like, uh, I've got a lot to do with, deal with. Like, I can't do this right now. And there's even a bit where he asks her out and she has to go do something, like, immediately leaves. And Lilo just goes, she likes you. <laughs> yeah. I read her diary. She... So, she likes your butt and fancy hair. Yeah, she thinks it's fancy. <laughs> so, like, he knows that she likes him and that it has nothing to do with him. It's just her situation. And rather than, like, taking that upon himself or getting pouty or trying to, like, be more aggressive about his advances on her, he's just there to support her. Like, they even, all these details with it, like, she's having a tough time and she's on the phone with him just talking. And it's supposed to be a bit that's kind of showing how she's dealing with Stitch But to me, it reflects that, like, David's always there for her. Like, it's in the middle of the night, and they're just having a general conversation about her day. 
Yeah, and it's it's kind of like that with like a lot of the characters in this movie. They know that Nani and Lilo are going through a hard time, but I feel like David is definitely the one who's there the most, and he kind of like talks about it the most. But it is just, it's nice that, you know, he knows that Nani and Lilo are going through a really hard time, and he's just there for them. Like, no matter what that means, like, even if it doesn't mean that he and Nani will be together, it's just, you know, I want to be there for you. Oh, David. <laughs> oh, David. <laughs> it is actually kind of funny, too, because he, he has a very interesting design, I realize. Like, because, like I said, like, a lot of the girls in this movie, you know, like, they kind of have this whole aesthetic going on. And David kind of looks, like, kind of different, but that's fine. He looks like a box David. with fancy yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like uh, pre-Eugene from Tangled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks kind of like Eugene, but, like... The early version of Eugene. <laughs> Which, man, I love Eugene. If we ever do talk about Tangled or, like, other stuff, I, there's so much about Eugene that cracks me up, too. Being older and stuff and watching this again, like, I do, I can understand why some people wouldn't like this movie. I like this movie for a lot of reasons. It mainly has to do with, like, the last two-thirds of the movie, because, like, like I said, the beginning is kind of rough for me. But I can understand why a lot of people... Because, like, I've heard a lot of complaints about, like, Lilo. And, like, how Lilo is... She makes it very hard on Nani. Like, there's, like, all these scenes where Lilo, like, very clearly doesn't do what she is supposed to be doing. And then Nani kind of suffers all the consequences. And I know that that really annoys some people, but again, one of the things is, is, you know, Nani is like 19 or 20 and Lilo is like seven. She's a seven-year-old girl struggling. <laughs> it's kind of what happens. Like you, this is like what a seven-year-old would do. Like they don't always do what you want them to do. And I think like once you get past like that first kind of third of the movie that kind of slows down that part that I've heard people complain about and it gets better towards the end well like to me they even harp on in the movie there's sisters like Lilo's not going to respect her as a parent out of nowhere especially while she's grieving and doesn't want any more change than that's already happened so to have like her sister act like her mom she's going to react even worse like she's gonna act out even worse than like a normal seven year old like if you if my brother tried to tell me to do anything when I was seven I would literally just look at him and be like I don't have to listen to you like you're you're not mom <laughs> like I don't care yeah <laughs> they would complain to my mom all the time they just be like she is such a little monster when you're not around and my mom was basically like well if it doesn't bother me because I'm not there like she's kind of <laughs> like sounds like it's your problem she doesn't do that with me so I don't care <laughs> She's seven. <laughs> what do you what want do you, me to do? Yeah, like, they would complain about me all the time. They're just like, she just puts on an act when you're around. <laughs> She's like, well, she doesn't, clearly she doesn't respect you, so I don't know. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> so to me, that's just super realistic that she would be a little shit to her sister. Even, like, I understand people's whole, like, do they understand that the social worker wants to take her away? And when you think about it, Nani doesn't say that to her for a long time. Like, she waits until it's too late, pretty much. And she's frustrated and she kind of lets Lilo know the gravity of the situation. So, like, I, I don't think her behavior's unprecedented or unwarranted. Yeah, I mean, it's, 
it's probably like one of those things where you know Nani thinks that she's too young to really understand it and and probably she is to a certain extent like you know like when you're seven years old like what what do you know about the government <laughs> like it's like what do you mean like somebody can take me away what are you talking about like yeah. <laughs> this is where I live <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any How other can they life just take me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so one of the other things I would say too which I don't think like I talked about this too in depth, so I'll talk about it here, is the other part of this thing with Lilo, which I really relate to a lot, just because of the way that I am and the way that I was, that Lilo is struggling even harder than just like with the whole thing with the grief from her parents, because she's just weird. She's a very weird kid. She doesn't really get along with anybody. Like, throughout the movie, you'll see these sections where there's these little girls, and like, Lilo keeps calling them her friends and, you know, like, all this kind of stuff. And she'll, like, go and try to hang out with them and, you know, be like, hey, look, I have this weird doll. Do you like it? And they're like, ew, you're... <laughs> no, I don't like it. You're so weird, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then, like, Lilo's very sad because she just doesn't have that connection and she obviously wants it. Um, and I think, like, that's part of it, too. Because I think to a certain extent, people understand this concept but it's really hard to not have friends. It is a really difficult thing, especially when you're younger, like, say, under the age of 20. Especially, like, in this circumstance, where it's like, you know, there's Lilo, and then, you know, you only ever see these other four other girls. So, like, maybe she doesn't have contact with other people and things like that, and it's like she doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> she can't do anything about it. She's seven, so it just kind of sucks. <laughs> And I don't know, it's a it's a rough thing to deal with. And I think sometimes people forget about how hard that is. Like, especially like for me being like a weird kid and I was a very weird kid, I struggled a lot with this throughout like middle and high school. And one of the things which I can thank, you know, my schooling situation for, I was a very smart kid. So I got put in a lot of smart kid classes, but then I also like hated everybody that I had my smart kid classes with. So I would just sit there in complete silence for like every class every single day. And it was rough and I hated it so much. I guess we should probably mention that the other reason why both of us love this movie is definitely because Krista is Lilo and I am Stitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Julie is just, you know, completely fine with her weirdness and being, you know, monster. the weird person, <laughs> the monster <laughs> that she is. And I'm, well, I mean, Lilo is a little bit different than I am because I think that Lilo is a little bit more like she's fine with her weirdness, whereas I'm like more reserved with it. But I definitely. A lot of, like, the struggles that Lilo goes through, I relate to very heavily. Like, you know, being around people and being like, oh, I want you to be my friend, but I just don't know how to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, but then she had Stitch, or Julie, come into her life and show her that we don't need nobody and we'll be <laughs> as weird as we fucking feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a little uh, fluffy blue <laughs> creature. <laughs> That's all. You need a Julie or a, a fluffy blue creature. So. I mean, I wish I had a fluffy blue creature. Stitch is very I mean, who cute. Doesn't? He's very cute in this movie. Even though I think in real life he wouldn't be that cute, but he is very cute in this movie. Yeah, in real life he'd be haunting. <laughs> yeah, I don't... 
It's hard to imagine any creature being blue, besides like a frog, I guess. Peacock. Yeah, but that's, it's kind of different. Because like, I mean, I guess there are blue birds, which those are very cute. Okay, so maybe it's possible. Maybe it's possible that Stitch could be cute in real life. I see him as just like a rabbit or a koala, like a koala with long ears and blue. Yeah, I think the thing that's getting to me is like the Pokemon movie. You know, how they had some of those creatures and they're, like, too real, (laughs) but, like, in a creepy way. Yeah. That's what I keep imagining. I probably should stop. (laughs) It's ruining for you. Well, I think, is that all we got for this? I don't know. Do we have any, any final thoughts? Anything that you would say to somebody who didn't know this movie or you would want to watch this movie? Ohana means family. Family means nobody gets left behind. Or forgotten. We won't forget any of our fans, I guess. You are Ohana. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) Please, like, click, and subscribe. (laughs) subscribe. (laughs) We're doing that now. Are we doing that now? No. If you want to really be part of Ohana, you would subscribe. (laughs) You will please go on our Facebook and tell us which things that you like or dislike about our video because we don't know. And you also really need to change our algorithm statistics away from 65-year-old white men because apparently that's where we're pulling in. (laughs) Only on Facebook for some reason, and I don't understand why. It's so strange. We're getting weird messages from it. (laughs) (laughs) They're not helpful. (laughs) This was Passion for Your Passions with Julie and Krista where we talked about Lilo and Stitch. On next episode, we're talking about Marvel. And not just Marvel, but super fights with Marvel. Something like that. We're coming up with it right now. (laughs) We've got time. (laughs) We're working out the kinks. (laughs) We're writing the comics. We're doing the things. Queen, could you not step right in front of the mic? That's a good ending.